superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Jawan Howard shouldn't have thrown anything. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. My coach should not be throwing hands. It, it was embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the school. It's embarrassing for everybody in Maize and Blue. Today's guests, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst, Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee Tony Baselli, New York Post columnist Ian O'Connor, plus Texas head coach Lovey Smith. And now, it's Rich Eisen. That's correct. It is Rich Eisen. Uh, and I'm that guy. Uh, and it's my show. Uh, or what's our show? Everybody that's in this studio and everybody who's uh, out there in Peacock or, or listening to us on Sirius XM or terrestrially coast to coast on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network. Now 41 affiliates and growing stronger, Woo! stronger every single day. Uh, welcome to anybody who's uh, streaming us into their ear gate on Odyssey. We say hello to our podcast listeners. Whenever you press play on uh, on this pod, we hope you subscribe to it. The Cumulus Podcast Network uh, is what distributes us, where all podcasts can be acquired. Good to see you, Christopher Brockman. How hey, are Rich. you? What's up, brother? DJ Mikey D. Good hey, to Rich. see you, sir. TJ Jefferson, light the candle, man. Light hey, the I, candle. I'm glad you clarified that, Rich, because to quote Jeff Spicoli, Mr. Hand, if you're here and I'm here, yes. doesn't that make it our time? It is our time. You know, it is, our, it time. is our time. Let me know if you're ordering your pizza. Uh, I want in. I want in on that. <laughs> Del but, Tufo's got it. Uh, but absolutely uh, no pineapple on the pizza, okay? <laughs> no, no, that's exactly that's, We're not uh, animals. Uh, right, exactly. So, look, um, lots to talk about on this show. Uh, certainly since um, my uh, my basketball coach um, at my alma mater did, in fact, get suspended for the rest of the regular season by the Big Ten. Lots to talk about that. Um, it is NBA second half of the season coming up starting on Thursday night. Brian Wernhorst joining us fresh from the All-Star Game in Cleveland in 18 minutes time. Um, lots to talk about, uh, as always, on the football front as the uh, combine uh, boycott uh, doesn't have to happen because the bubble uh, around the, the uh, prospects and the uh, uh, participants has been pierced. There will be no bubble. So uh, make your job a lot. So better. Let's go. Everybody get those Theraguns ready and hey, COVID for everybody, just in case. <laughs> That's not funny, but. Um, and so what else to talk about on the football front? Uh, Tony Baselli, now freshly minted pro football Hall of Famer. Yes. Uh, he will be yes. he will be joining us on this program. Lovey Smith, the new head coach of the Houston Texans. He will be joining us then respectively in hours two and three. 
But what else to talk about in the NFL? Because, I mean, yeah, you know, we're an really NFL-centric show. We're an NFL-centric show. Did Jerry do something? And and I love talking about the NFL. And uh, as Kyler Murray has taught us, look to the gram. Look <laughs> to the gram. <laughs> And so, (laughs) you go look to the gram. I, I in fact, follow this man on Instagram, and um, and I I didn't have to scroll and see it. I got a bunch of people texting it to me, and was I I first? Uh, You were first. Uh, Yes. You were first, Chris. You were first. Congratulations, sir. I'm just doing my producing. Yeah, or, or ignoring your your toddler son. It's okay. He was asleep. Uh, thank God. Okay, good. <laughs> the job never so, stops. Right, Chris? So uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, he he posted on Instagram last night. Now look, he is a human being, just like the rest of us on this crazy ass orb spinning out of its uh, control on its axis these days. <laughs> And uh, he has every right to um, IG at his friends and people who he loves and express his love for them. That's what the that's what the Grams for. Is uh, it? Well, also posting <laughs> selfies and letting everybody know how fabulous your life is, even though after you take that selfie, there's a huge argument. Yeah, I'm an influence. Uh, honestly, but that one snap, Fil- it filters. looks so great. It looks so yeah. great. All those pictures of your babies looks so great. But when they boats. wake you up at three in the morning, no one is grabbing that. At any rate, we should do that. So <laughs> we're we're you're able to do this, and it, and it would be consistent of Aaron Rodgers to, as he says, live in the moment and and express gratitude. He's always about expressing gratitude and talking about that. And so why not express gratitude for everybody who you love and hit send on it. Just like all of us on the planet are allowed to, and include a whole bunch of photographs of the people that you are, in fact, expressing gratitude for and about. And it's a whole mixture of people in his life, most of them his teammates for the Green Bay Packers, uh, Shailene Woodley, the actress with whom um, he had a year long engagement. Apparently, um, the two are no longer engaged, and we don't traffic and that sort of material on this program but the only reason why it's brought up here is because we read into everything when it comes to Aaron Rodgers when he gives us anything and in terms of this front if he is in fact expressing gratitude for everyone and that's as simple as it is then more power to you But if he is sending any sort of message about his future through this Instagram and he is expressing gratitude for somebody who he had a relationship, a loving relationship, and the photograph of the two of them is a a very warm photograph of them, you know, having a, a, a PDA, if you will, on a couch well it was private at the time now it's public um and if they're no longer together is he saying thank you to the other long-standing relationship in his life that he's now parting ways with and that's the reality of when a, a public figure who's absolutely in the mind's eye of everybody because he's back-to-back MVPs and he plays for one of the most popular sport franchises ever. And I said sport. 
That's which means, when, well, I mean, when I say that, you know, I'm including the world. <laughs> it's not just domestically in the United States. And we read into anything that he sends out there. If he is, is this a farewell? Love you guys. But we're moving on. Or do you take it to mean like, how could he move on from people who he loves so much? And he thanks everybody in his quarterback room for making him laugh. And he loves expressed. I love you guys. You know, maybe you just kind of felt, I'm just going to send out a, a, an Instagram of appreciation to everybody who I love so much. And, Maybe he was a couple of fingers deep into his drink. I, I don't know. And he just hit send. Why not? Wait and are, you re- are we reading too much into any of this? Well, look, it's called social media for a reason. You're putting out a message and your message is, I love you. Or, hey, this is an Easter egg. Because I like talking about this sort of stuff. And I like when people talk about me, even though I'll go on places and say, you guys talk about me too much in ways that I don't appreciate. There's one particular photograph that everybody's pointing to. It's the photograph of him not being in the photograph. (laughs) Now, the photograph of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams standing for the national anthem was included in this. Normally, Rogers stands between the two of them for every national anthem. This is a photograph from the one game he did not play this year. As you know, he tested positive for COVID. I don't know if you heard about that one. This was in Kansas City. He's not there. I'm reminded of the Abbey Road photograph, you know, but Paul was the only one out of step with the rest of the Beatles, and he was the only one without shoes on and if you recall in strawberry fields forever you could hear i buried paul in the background and if you played revolution number nine backward i mean you know what i'm saying and paul was alive the entire time (laughs) so we have no idea what anything is (laughs) except this we're all waiting on aaron Rodgers to say something Now, he may say something today. He may not say anything today. He may say something today that throws cold water on this being anything other than about us as people who are on Instagram saying you read too much into it. What is wrong with a human being talking about love for everybody in his year, his past year? What's wrong with that? I would do it. Maybe I could do that. Maybe I'll do that today. I don't know. Uh, honestly, uh, we, we, we all have a right to do it. I mean, spread when, love is the Brooklyn But way. when we're sitting here and thinking anything about what's in the mindset of anybody in the public eye who has everyone on pins and needles with a decision that affects one of the greatest fan bases in sport as well as the NFL's entire quarterback carousel. As you know, when I mentioned last Wednesday, seek it out on our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. I laid out for everyone, every single team, and what category they reside in for the quarterback carousel. Not interested for a long time. Sticking with a plan, maybe, who knows, and then definitely in the market. And for the maybe, who knows, 
you have to include anybody that would be available for Aaron Rodgers if he chooses them or make themselves available for Aaron Rodgers if he chooses to leave the Packers. And the Packers were in that one category of one, one of one, just like Aaron Rodgers. They're the quarterback carousel linchpin. If he stays, it stays mostly on the linchpin. If you pull that linchpin, it spins right off into Mr. Toad's wild ride. (laughs) And so you... Aaron Rodgers are putting something out there that we're all going to be looking at. And you, Aaron Rodgers, you devil you. Because either way he makes a decision, this post stands up. If he stays, it was gratitude for people that he loved the entire time. Hey, of course. How could you read otherwise? I was staying the whole time. And if he leaves, it was like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about it that one night. And I, I, I decided to send this stuff out there and I love these people and they're going to be my people forevermore. I will never forget that important year of 2021 into 2022. And I'm now a Denver um, Bronco or I'm now a what have you fill in the blank. It works either way. He kind of put into text the the general feeling surrounding his MVP speech at honors Yeah, where it kind of felt like, Oh, was this a goodbye? Is he like, Saying goodbye to everyone on the Packers and all his close friends. No, I think he was. Like- no, I think he was literally winning and accepting the MVP award for a second consecutive year, yeah. and very pleased about it. And has a great feeling for the people who are around him. And as you know, he's been very consistent coming on this program, saying that gratitude and love and respect is is uh, what if they were all fragile things, and he doesn't take them for granted. So. There's all that. So one guy scrubs his entire Instagram of anything to do with his current team. And the other guy in the equation puts everybody who he plays with and has had a relationship with of love and um, and admiration on various levels on one Instagram post and hits send. <laughs> Which is it? We're going to have to find out, I guess, before uh, March 16th. Clock's ticking. But in the meantime, hit it with a like. (laughs) Maybe I should do that live right now. You you didn't do it at the time? Show show them the way, Rich. Here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, just let them know. Here's what I'll do. Just to say. uh, Let me just see what. Oh, hit it with a like. Here it is. I hit it with a like. And then should I post 318,396th like? Yeah. But because a lot of people do the first. First. It is a beautiful post, man. And I'm three, you know, it is a. When for anything, whether you're the Green Bay Packers quarterback or wondering if you're sticking around or you're just anybody in life. I mean, in a weird way, we should all do this. I know that's and that's maybe that may be his ultimate point. You know what I mean? Like trying to be a leader on that front as well. I just want to say I appreciate you guys, man. But why, man? Shut up. <laughs> why? Why? Why not? Right. What do you think? Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's two twenty two twenty two. Everybody. Yeah, it is. So we've got a we've got a lot of uh, deuces on the brain. Hey now. And hey number guy. Thank you. And so. <laughs> Nice. Brockman's got thank a you. whole bunch of numerology for us thank today. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Content in the calendar. That's yeah. where we're going to find it. I don't know. We're just We've got four to guests. Fill time. Okay. Four guests. 
as well. And then you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here in the program. When we come back, what is going on with LeBron? Right? What's going on with LeBron? What is going on? I don't. I don't. People are really reading in the things he said over the weekend. That's correct. So, Windhorse is kind of a LeBron whisperer. I did text him to say, what's on your mind? Oh. And um, yeah, I, 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 I'll reveal it. Did he revert back to an Instagram this post what he, he said, had no, like he said, he said, I'd be happy to talk about the Genesis Invitational. Greens at Riviera look great. Oh. <laughs> and um, I mean, I, I'm here for Windhorst great. PGA Tour and uh, he said, he, he said, if, if you need me for golf takes, I'm here for you. So he's kind of, yes. a, he's kind of in a fun, uh, fun mood right now. I wonder how he feels about the Saudi Super League. <laughs> I don't think we'll be talking about that. So uh, Wind, Windhorst is first up. Uh, Tony Baselli is uh, second up. Ian O'Connor, a great book out today on Coach K and his life and career that's coming to an end, his career, um, in just a few weeks' time as head coach of Duke Basketball, and then Lovey Smith. Lovey. Lovey. Hey, God, Lovey. Uh, he will be on this program from the Houston Texans organization, and you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. When we come back, Brian Windhorst. But before we go, Callaway's Chrome Soft, the family of golf balls, of Chrome Soft family, there is a Chrome Soft for you. You just need to find it. I have found mine. It's the regular Chrome Soft. And the neat part about uh, the Chrome Soft family is this particular regular Chrome Soft. Widest range of golfers love it. I'm in that spectrum, unfortunately, on the, on the poor end of things. But if there's a better golfer out there, and you might be you, looking for more workability, Chrome Soft X provides excellent spin consistency and tour level short game control. The Chrome Soft family is the best tour performance for every type of performance. So there's the Chrome Soft XLS, which gives you a lower spin golf ball and longer shots, firmer feel, but with high spin around the greens. When you add it all up, it is so simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best, but it's also better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Take a break. Brian Windhorst, when we come back, everyone knows it's windy. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on their terrestrial radio outfit, Brian Winhorst from the Worldwide Leader in Sports joining us here on the program. How have you been, Brian Winhorst? Hey, Rich. I know not all of your audience heard it, but you making references to Seinfeld and yes. uh, I'm going to get you sucker yes. is so reassuring to me because I'm in my 40s now. I'm what, the, you know, when I was a kid, when they said a men of a certain age, I'm now a man of a certain age. And I, <laughs> I'd like to thank you for, for mm. doing that because mm. I feel like when I talk about Seinfeld that I lose some of my audience oh. now. They don't know. And it's, and I'm, I, so I'm happy that you and I can connect on this. Yes. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Because uh, the two of us together, we're real and spectacular, Brian. You know? <laughs> Thank you, sir. So you. Um, let's get right into it. What is LeBron talking about? <laughs> That's, how about that as just a, a grand yeah. entrance on this? Because there was a lot about LeBron in Cleveland and feeling nostalgic and wanting to play with his son whenever – Bronny is available to hit the NBA, and we don't know if that's with the Lakers. I mean, I'll give you the floor on what you think was on LeBron James's mind this weekend. Brian. Yeah, it was a tough couple of weeks to be a Laker because um, nothing at the trade deadline, although I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think that there was a deal there that they could have made that would have made a material difference. But LeBron had come out and been clear he expected slash wanted a move at the deadline, and they didn't make one. Um, then Rob Palinka, and I mean, I haven't spoken to Rob about this. Um, my guess is he didn't intend to do this, but when he came out after the trade deadline, on deadline day, he, he basically alluded that LeBron was on the same page as him without doing anything. And as somebody who occasionally in the last 20 years has incorrectly implied that LeBron felt something and felt the fiery wrath of LeBron's um, disapproval of that position. LeBron has made him pay for that uh, ever since. And then Anthony Davis goes down with a, with an injury to his foot that is pretty much the wrecking ball to the last vestiges of this Lakers season. Um, now you've got LeBron in Cleveland um, going on a passive-aggressive attack, uh, firing at the front office, firing at uh, ownership, you know, hinting about his future. I really think part of it is he's punishing them for the, the, the inaction at the trade deadline, and part of it is him sending the message, I would not do that again this summer. You better make some changes. But isn't the roster as it currently stands something put together with the 
uh, input, if not full faith and credit of LeBron James, the blue check mark, if you will, from at King James with whatever the roster is put together, Westbrook and Carmelo, isn't that isn't this LeBron essentially putting it together? Yes, Rich, and that's what I think most rational people say. But what you have to understand is LeBron doesn't care. Yes, he put it together, and now he wants to take it apart. And he's done that before. He put the roster, he was a large influence in the way the roster was put together his first year in L.A., and that roster didn't get it done, and he helped rip it to shreds, and now he's prepared to do it again. And I think the Lakers are sitting there going, but LeBron, we've and all of this roster changeover, we've traded everything and spent all this money. And, you know, now you're talking about trading picks, you know, six years into the future, five, six years into the future, when you're going to be long gone. And LeBron doesn't care. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, when he was in Cleveland, um, you know, he, you know, at the end of his tenure there, four years in, which is where he is with the Lakers now, he locked horns with Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert ended up trading seven first-round picks while LeBron was there. And at the end, he was tired of trading them. And LeBron ended up forcing him into it because he's so good. And the chances of him giving you a chance to win the title are so, you know, rare and and so valuable that it usually gets done. And so basically what I – like I I know that there are people who are trying to extrapolate from everything that he's doing and saying that he wants to leave Los Angeles. From what I understand, that's not the case. He just wants them to go and push all of the chips into the middle, and that means even if it takes all the draft picks you've got left to trade, even if it takes ripping this team apart, he wants them to do it. And so they didn't do it at the deadline, so now he is putting them on notice. You better do it this summer. And if they don't do it this summer, it's worth pointing out that he has one year left on his contract. But we're not at that point yet. I don't think this is about that. You mentioned his son. Mm -hmm. Yes, Rich, he absolutely would love the idea. You know, his one of his father figures um, at Nike is a man named Lynn Merritt. Most ninety nine percent of the basketball world doesn't know who Lynn Merritt is, but Lynn Merritt is a kingmaker at Nike. If you, you know, he's the guy who goes and finds the teenagers and says, "You get a fifty million dollar Nike contract, or you get a ten million dollar Nike contract, or in the case of LeBron, you get a hundred million dollar Nike contract." And this Lynn has been sitting at the side of LeBron for the last 20 years. And, you know, Lynn is, for example, you'll notice that over the last decade or so, LeBron has become extremely interested in the legacy of Muhammad Ali. He's made documentaries. He's, he's sort of fashioned some of his off-court, um, uh, you know, life around doing some of the same stuff Muhammad Ali did. Lynn Merritt is from Louisville, grew up in the next town over from Muhammad Ali, and regards Muhammad Ali as his icon. What does that have to do with LeBron's son? Well, Lynn Merritt's other major, major, major star that he shepherded through Nike was Ken Griffey Jr. Ken mm. Griffey Jr. and LeBron had a relationship when he was first coming to Nike, and LeBron treasured the idea that Ken Griffey Jr. played with his father, uh, and it's still an iconic thing in baseball that they play with the same team. So I think it was one season with the Mariners, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, LeBron loves the idea of playing with Bronny, and it's something he's thought about for a long time. And it's something that I'm sure that Lynn has described, and even Ken Griffey himself has described uh, to LeBron. But Bronny is 17. He will not be eligible for the NBA for two more years, and I don't even know if he's going to be ready in two years. He's, 
he's he's regarded as a four-star prospect. Uh, he will definitely get the chance to do whatever he wants for that one year in college. But I don't know if he's going to be ready for the NBA. What LeBron is doing right now is not related to Bronny. He's got two more seasons to play. That's a lot of basketball between now and then. Brian Windhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. In terms of what you just mentioned, let's parse it out. Um, what you just mentioned about LeBron's summer plans and how the Lakers, he's expecting maneuvers to be made. Is it too cynical to ask? How about that for a windup? Is it too cynical to ask which Rich Paul clients he's interested in? For the Lakers no, to go not, get? Not, not, or, no, not necessarily. Okay, I mean, so what is it? Who, what is he thinking? He's smart enough and savvy enough to be further down the road um, and looking at the chessboard. What are these? What do these potential maneuvers look like? Well, that he has I, I, I don't. I don't want to say something here that will then be used against me later. <laughs> okay, but but let me just say that in a in a vacuum. Is it a good idea for a player and his agency to be given so much influence and power with a team? In a vacuum, you would say no, that there is a separation of that for a reason. Old school people, like, for example, when he was in Miami with Pat Riley, Riley would have never allowed anything like this, okay? But whatever you want to think about Rich Paul and, 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 and the Lakers, Without Rich Paul, the Lakers would not have a championship. I mean, he should have been absolutely given one of the one of the real diamond rings. You know, when teams give out their rings, they give out you know the real diamonds to the players, and then you know they they say, oh, we gave them to our our uh, you know our our support staff, our our, our scorers table, you know our our public relations folks, you know our ushers. There's our, those people aren't getting the same. I, Rich deserved a real diamond ring when the Lakers won, and the reason is because it was Rich Paul that brought Contavious Caldwell Pope to the Lakers. It was Rich Paul that basically, you know, forced Anthony Davis to the Lakers. He was whacking off, um, knocking away um, uh, interest from all these other teams, going, doing these interviews, telling these other teams, "Don't trade for Anthony Davis. He's only going to be a Laker." He practically flew the plane to get Anthony Davis from the from the the Pelicans to the Lakers. Without Rich Paul and LeBron working in concert, the Lakers don't get that title. Okay? No, and, and my and my question, just so it, you know, I make sure everyone knows as well, is I, I'm not at all broadsiding Rich Paul or Clutch Sports or what you know. It, it's clearly uh, he's got a uh, a group of talent that can win you a championship and clearly LeBron that's why I said is this one of those maneuvers where LeBron will take anybody but clearly you might have a preference for a clutch sports Rich Paul client and with does this give you an indication as to who he thinks and what moves he thinks can be made come July to make his final year in Los Angeles if not two um championship ones like that's I that, don't I don't think it has to be a clutch client. I do think there has to be change. So then what, what does he um, think? Then what does he have in mind? What do you think? Well, here's what I think. I think if there's trades out there to trade the 2027 and 2029 first-round picks, mm-hmm. he doesn't care. He wants them traded. Hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, um, Jeannie Buss, she's the steward of the franchise. Right. She's the person who has to say, listen, we we got to be careful giving away a draft pick six years from now when LeBron will be, you know, owning, um, you know, a baseball team or an NBA team. You know, we can't, you know, 
and it's LeBron pushing back and saying, trade Russell Westbrook, trade this guy, trade that guy, trade the draft picks, I don't care. Do what the Rams did. Trade all the picks. Who cares? That's what LeBron wants. Hmm. <laughs> and I guess, is there any one specific player in mind that he thinks he can be hooked up with? Like, who is the third person in? Like, the third I person know- in was, was his idea was Westbrook, maybe a little yeah. bit of Carmelo. Um, clearly, that's not working out right now. Uh, it doesn't appear like it will ultimately this year. Who's- we don't know yet. Okay. I mean, I-, I could say some names and then be blasted up on aggregation sites. But <laughs> yes, do it. Um, we, don't really, yeah. we don't really know yet. We just have to see. What I can tell you is the Lakers not doing anything at the trade deadline was not what he wanted to see. You know, I told this story in, in what I wrote yesterday. It was on ESPN. In 2018, midway through the year, LeBron was really frustrated with the Cavs. They had traded uh, Kyrie Irving when he had demanded a trade the year before, and they just weren't very good. And he basically took his foot off the gas. And he went from playing like an MVP-level player to just sort of being an all-star player. And the Cavs started taking losses. And, you know, the front office was kind of pacing back and forth, like, what are we supposed to do here? He's a free agent. He won't extend his contract with us. How do we trade more stuff when we don't even think he's going to be here? And LeBron was just playing worse and worse. So finally at the trade deadline, the night before the deadline, they agreed to they were going to do a, three deals that were going to bring four role players. Rich, I could let you guess for the next 10 minutes. I'll bet you couldn't even remember who they traded for, <laughs> right, okay? Right. But that night, they told LeBron before the game, hey, we're going to trade all these guys. And LeBron went out and had 37, 15, and 10, hit a buzzer beater, was completely engaged, and was so happy. And the executives realized, the the Cavs executives were looking at each other, and they realized, we just traded for LeBron. I mean, yeah, we're getting four role players. We're swapping out some guys. We'll get a little bit better. We just traded for a more engaged LeBron. And so Hmm. what the Lakers, I think, are going to have to come to terms with is this summer – they may have to trade for LeBron uh, to, to make sure that he remains engaged, especially because if they don't, you know, he has one year left on his contract. He's allowed to, to extend this offseason in August is the date when he's allowed to start extending. They have to start thinking about making sure that he's fully invested. He got reinvested in 2018, had a great postseason run, one of the great postseason runs of his career, and left in free agency, and the Cavs got a trip to the finals out of it. And so, that's the deal you make. Uh, and that's and, and if you and if you've done your research, and I assume the Lakers did, and if they didn't, I can't help them. You should have known when you sign up to play with LeBron. This is what you sign up for. You sign up to completely exhaust your entire franchise to try to make him win for the time that he is there. Brian Winhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. A few minutes left with you, and uh, I want to spend that on uh, Ben Simmons. When when do we see him play in Brooklyn well, or for the Nets? What do you got? My colleague, Ramona Shelburne, who has done terrific reporting with inside information on Ben Simmons for months, mm-hmm. said yesterday it's a matter of weeks, not months. And my I, like, staggered when she said that um, because I'm going – Saturday night, I'm going to the Bucks nets game. It's our ABC game on Saturday night, and I was thinking maybe Ben would be back for that game. <laughs> I guess not. Um, and, you know, Ramona didn't just say that flippantly. She knows. 
And so my thing is I am going to circle March 10th. March 10th is when the Nets play their final scheduled game of the season at the Sixers. And as far as I know, Ben is not injured. Um, you know, he's been dealing with some mental health uh, challenges, and so that is not something you put a schedule on, so I don't know. Uh, to me, it's fascinating about whether he plays before March 10th or not. So it would be – see, that's that's the conundrum with this whole conversation, Brian. I'll just walk through the front door with you. It's just the conversation is, was, he, was mental health uh, the issue before – you know, the shots weren't taken in the playoffs. Were they, uh, and you know, made worse by the reaction to what happened in Philadelphia? Is it something that uh, caused him to not go to the Olympics and work on his game like you suggested on this very program? Um, was it the, the cause of, of, of him not uh, showing up to Philadelphia ready to play? Or was this all something that was put out there to make everybody back off Ben Simmons' desire to not play for Philadelphia. And and now we're wondering what's going on with the Nets. And I don't know what to make of it. And I know it's it's a very touchy subject and very unfair potentially to Simmons or to anyone else who does have mental problems. You know? Like, I don't know what to make of it, Brian. The reason that is is causing an issue with credibility is because of the way that it came out. Um, if it had, if Ben had identified that as a reason why he was not joining the Sixers from the start of the season, then I think it would have been understood a little bit better. The issue came when he reported to the 76ers and after holding out, trying to get traded throughout training camp, and he started getting fines, started racking up, and then he reported and then it came out that that's what it was. Had that been handled in a different order, I think it would have been perceived differently. And so, of course, you have to respect what he's going through. I I can't relate to it, so I have to yield. But, you know, in terms of the... I know that it sounds very coarse to talk about the public relations of announcing an issue with mental challenge with mental health challenges but the public relations of it made this more difficult from a PR standpoint but we will see Harden this week correct this is when we're going to see him first up I, right I believe so but I have to say we're in a new NBA that I'm still grappling with where mm-hmm. Harden announces that his hamstring is fine, but that he's not going to play for a while, including in the All-Star. So I don't, you know, the credibility of him and his injuries and speaking about his injuries to me is shot. So I guess is my answer. And so um, championship or bust in Philadelphia for Harden, right? This year or, or however long he stays? Is that well, a fair? This is why I thought they had to make the trade. He's, I believe he's 33. Joel Embiid is absolutely awesome. Yeah. He is just killing the league. And, you know, if you watch the All-Star game, you know, in the fourth quarter, the All-Star game is now one of the most competitive things that you see. It's one of the strangest things. The first three quarters are an absolute joke. But now the fourth quarter with the way they've made it, like it's a referendum on a who's who of the NBA. To me, 
the greatest compliment you can kind of give a player in the regular season is that he's out there on the court in the fourth quarter of the All-Star game. And, you know, it was kind of fascinating to go back and see who they wanted on the court and who wasn't on the court, okay? Mm-hmm. Two years ago when they first did this, Joel Embiid was the best player on the court in that game in Chicago. His team ended up not winning. He was the best player on the court. On, on, on Sunday night, you see who was making the plays in the fourth quarter. It was Embiid, who's probably going to win the MVP. It was Giannis, the two-time MVP and the reigning champ. It was LeBron. It was like this is this is when the, the the big boys you know make their statements. Embiid was awesome in that game, and so this is Embiid's time. And so to import a player like Harden, the Sixers had to do it now. They had to do it now because you don't know how long James Harden is going to be at this level. You don't know when Joel Embiid is going to be at this you know healthy at this level. Even if you waited until the summer, you would have missed a chance at biting the apple this time. So the Sixers, to my mind, are let's watch them. They're almost the most compelling story in the NBA after the break. Right before the break, the last game, Thursday night, they go into Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got all their star players. Philly wins in Milwaukee without Harden coming back. Embiid puts up 42 Philly, to me, is the most compelling thing we got going, especially when Harden comes here pretty soon. All right, Brian, I love talking to you, man, um, and I really appreciate the extended amount of time that you just gave me. I just need 90 seconds more. What do you make of C.J. McCollum saying he hasn't spoken to Zion yet? In Jaw-dropping. Jaw-dropping. And, um, uh, I, you know, I know J.J. Redick, uh, my colleague at ESPN, who, by the way, is no uh, fan of the Pelicans after the way he was treated. He has no incentive to sugarcoat anything on the Pelicans. Went in on his former teammate, Zion, today. Um, You should check that out. Um, uh, Just jaw-dropping. And, um, you know, the thing about it is is that those of us in the media, we don't know Zion. I've never had a chance to meet him because Hmm. he is very, very kept, very, very insulated. And he has existed in the NBA mostly in pandemic time or injured. So we don't have reliable reporting uh, on how Zion is actually doing. There's a ton of stuff out there with, you know, dubious sourcing. And so I don't know what to believe. But there's nobody speaking on Zion's behalf. And the team, quite frankly, seems petrified of saying anything. So the fact that C.J. McCollum, who's a $30 million player, who the team just brought in as Zion's running mate, hadn't even spoken to him even on text, was just jaw-dropping. And it also says a lot. I know that the a team's public relations or ticket sales staff doesn't determine things, but certain things are clear. The Pelicans sent out their, um, their season ticket package uh, uh, promotional material uh, over the weekend, and it didn't have Zion's name even mm. in it. Uh, because they can't sell him right now. They can't, with a straight face, sell him. Um, I am, I've, he has jaw-dropping talent. I think the world of his ability. But I just think it's fascinating the way decisions are being made around him and not in a good way. Brian, you're the man. Thanks for the time. Look for my call. Uh, I love our chats. You make me smarter, and I, it's just always, always terrific. Thanks for the call. Be well, Rich. Take care. You bet. That's Brian Winhorst. I follow him on Twitter. You should as well. Just a dynamite reporter. Dynamite. Yeah, man. So much to talk about. I want to hit you. Uh, the one thing that he, he talked 
about about what the Lakers' choices are to go all in on LeBron's final years. I think I've got an, an idea what they're going to do or what they should do. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Brian Windhorst just gave us a whole bunch of um, insight on what's going on with the Lakers and LeBron James. And just um, to sum it up, in case you're just joining us or maybe watching us later on our YouTube stream, hello, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show viewers. Uh, We appreciate you watching here and hit the subscribe button if you already haven't. Um, He basically said that, yeah, LeBron did put this roster together with Rob Palenka and the Lakers. And, yeah, he knows it's not working. And, yeah, he knows it's his idea, but that doesn't matter anymore. He now wants it changed. And he wanted it changed at the trade deadline, and it didn't happen, and he wasn't terribly happy about that. So he expects it to happen during the free agency period and new league year period coming up this summer. And I asked him, you know, what what Rich Paul client he might be interested in. Is it cynical to think that? And he said, you know, um, it's not cynical to think that, but Rich Paul did, in fact, give them a whole bunch of players that helped them win in the bubble. And um, I then said, well, which ones does he have in mind? And he said it would just be anybody, not just Rich Paul clients that he has in mind. And he kind of turned down the opportunity to say names, saying what, that he would get hammered on certain aggregation sites? Yeah, is the, the, way yeah, you put yeah it? the aggregators would uh, come for him. Okay, so, um, but he said that what he for sure can say is that LeBron James wants action and that the Lakers should consider it because the Cavaliers once upon a time did that to keep LeBron happy. And what they did is they traded a whole bunch of players and he said that that was not just to bring in who LeBron wanted, but it it created a more engaged LeBron. Like they, the Cavs figured they traded for a more engaged LeBron, mm-hmm. which is what clearly the Lakers want. And um, I'm saying the Lakers uh, will sit there and think about the problem that that Brian laid out, which is trading away a 27 and 29 first round draft choices. 
he's going to be long gone. And what does that leave them with? You remember when they paid Kobe all that money towards the end of his career, like and the question, and, the, and, and how that kind of hamstrung their ability yeah, to f- yep. to win a championship with Kobe in his final days as a Laker. May he rest in peace. And how that was kind of the undercurrent of his farewell is that it wasn't a championship team, and they couldn't put one around him. And wasn't that a shame? But I think the Lakers wouldn't have changed a damn thing about the way that Kobe said farewell. And that's what the Lakers are about. They're about sending off their all-time greats. And I know LeBron isn't their all-time great, but he is an all-time great. And he can be their all-time great if they trade for the people right now to win it. Okay, it's not like they pay him so much money they can't make these moves to try and surround him before he retires. They can actually make the moves to give him what he wants and do their best one last roll of the dice that this is, in fact, the championship team they can put around him. And all it is is just mortgaging the future. They kind of mortgage the present, right? When Kobe was saying farewell, this is now mortgaging the future. And if they can have LeBron win and saying farewell, or a more engaged LeBron as he says farewell, even if it might not be for a championship, rolling the dice and hitting the jackpot of saying farewell to LeBron by hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy and having a parade downtown here in Los Angeles is exactly what the Lakers are all about. And if it doesn't work out, then they send him off with a huge farewell that he's happy about and they're happy about and the amount of gear and tickets and interest on the team through the roof. So I think when it's all said and done, they're going to give LeBron what he wants and roll the dice and trade all these first-rounders and mortgage the future to try and win the championship right here, right now, and maybe have him stick around for Bronny and have that Griffey tour right here in Los Angeles. I think that's what they're going to do rather than just turn it all down. Hour two coming up here on the program.